Hello, my butterflies, and welcome back to the Social Butterfly Effect podcast. This podcast was created to revitalize the hearts and minds of first-generation, second-generation, and diasporic creatives and innovators all around the world. My name is Umbar Kasa, and I'm the founder and host of SBE. This episode is sponsored by Harness You, where they teach young adults and career professionals the skills and tools they need to maneuver in a rapidly changing world. You'll get a chance to work directly with coaches, psychologists, program developers, trainers, recruitment experts, and tech executives, all dedicated to one goal, making sure tomorrow's workforce is fully prepared for all the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. To learn more, check out their website at harnessu.com and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at harness underscore you. Are you ready to begin your journey? Do you want to be a sponsor? Visit our website at thesocialbutterflyeffect.net. Carrie shares her experience climbing the corporate ladder to navigating the workspace as an ally working towards helping marginalized communities. We get a glimpse of what it's like to work at Outdoor Afro and how she was able to connect her passion with her career. Carrie's story, part two. I am an operations manager. It's like kind of feels like one of those titles that means nothing. But I be, I work at a nonprofit based here in Oakland. It's called Outdoor Afro. I've been working here for about two years. And my job is basically a little bit of everything because our organization is pretty small. So I do some finance, some administration, some programming stuff, some development stuff. So there's a a lot of different moving parts. What brought you to Outdoor Afro? A lot of things. I was working, I've I've worked in a lot of different companies uh, over the course of my career since graduating from school. So I, I think like that's kind of the nature of administrative work is that you can work anywhere. So I had a really luxury of choice, but in the beginning, you know, I worked anywhere I could and started at the bottom. I was a receptionist. I was answering phones. And then, you know, I kind of picked up skills as I jumped from job to job. I worked at a catering company. I worked at Whole Foods for a while. I did retail. You know, I kind of did everything I could. I think when you're young, learning how to just be in a workplace is really valuable. So it kind of doesn't really matter what you do. But eventually, after some time, I ended up at Outdoor Afro because I wanted to do something that I really believed in. And this is work that I really believe in. You know, I really think the mission of Outdoor Afro is to celebrate and inspire Black leadership in nature. And, you know, just as someone who loves the outdoors as much as I do, I know what it's like as a person of color to walk into these beautiful spaces and not see myself represented. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And luckily, I work in the kind of job, like I said, that can work in a lot of different fields. So I chose very specifically to come into this field. In terms of passion and and understanding who you are and using that as a driving force to find the work that you, you really want to invest in, so many people a part of this new generation, the millennials, that's a huge focus right now, right? Like, how am I able to connect with this work? And how is it really serving others in a way that I can, I can also agree with? 
Yeah. I, and I will say that I think it's a process. It's, it's a process to get to that place because when I first graduated from school, it was, it was like, I'm just gonna get a job that pays me. Like that's all that mattered and that's okay. Like that, that is a valid part of your journey because you know, I am, I, I would say like I'm pretty mid-career at this point, you know, I've, I've worked through all of those entry level, you know, trying to figure out what I'm good at. That's part of the process. Um, and that just comes with a lot of trial and error. I think it's okay to take a job just because it pays you well, because then you'll learn something from that. You'll learn like, am I good at this thing? Do I like this type of work? And I think learning what you don't like is a very, very big part of the process. And then as you get more comfortable with working, that's what happened with me. I became more comfortable working in different spaces and just working with people, working in different offices. And that's when I got to the point of my experience where I felt very comfortable with my skill set and I had the luxury to be able to think about, okay, I have this skill set that I developed over the last 10 years. Where do I want to use this now? That, that connects with my soul. That is something that I've been very lucky to have. And it takes time to get there. And if you're not there when you first start out, that is okay. And if you are and you, you know, you find what you love immediately, but what you love changes, that's okay too. It's like, it's all a journey. That's why I keep on trying to remind myself. <laughs> kind of just referencing back to our, to our conversation about your parents, you know, coming to America and, you know, being in that survival mode for so long, that luxury of saying, okay, I'm okay right now. Like everything is fine. Now I can focus on what I actually want to do rather than what I feel like I need to do. Yeah, that, that, that is very luxurious. Yeah. That's like a level of privilege that our parents did not have. Do you feel like you found yourself in that survival mode for most of your career leading up to now? Or, or was that ever a conscious decision that, okay, now it's time for me to really like focus in on who I am so I can figure out what I really want out of my career? Yeah, definitely was in survival mode for a long time. And I think that, you know, there's a certain level of my parents are not in a position to um, help me out financially or if I can't afford rent, they don't really have a place for me to stay. Like, so the, there is a level of like, I need to make sure that I'm financially secure. So for the first part, it's also like a byproduct of growing up like we did. Like, you know, um, even though we always had enough, there was always a a hammer hanging over us waiting to fall of like, is something going to happen? Or are we going to not be able to, you know, uh, you know, just be a little bit less secure. So for the first part of my career, I was very, very focused on just trying to get work, paid work, like build myself up to a good salary. You know, I would do anything that I could. I would take any job that would hire me. I was also, you know, I think it's true for a lot of kids who are starting out and you start from the bottom. Um, so I think that I've been in that place for a very long time. It wasn't until I started working long enough that I, I started to build confidence in my own skill set. 
And I think that's just a transition that happens when, as you work as an adult, you cultivate a skill set, and then you start to realize that that's worth something. And I've also been very lucky to work at good places where they value good work and they will pay for good work. You know, part of it is knowing your worth. Negotiate always, like, you know. Oh, man, yeah. Like, just do those things that, like, people don't really teach you how to do. And whether it's, like, you are first gen or whether you're, it's because you're a woman or there's, there's a lot of different things that are happening. But make sure you know your value. Like, don't underestimate yourself by ask for what you're worth. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's so interesting to see the phases of realizing worth, right? Like how many things you have to essentially face mm-hmm. before you're like, okay, that's enough. Like I know who I am and what I've done in my experience will, yeah. you know, verify that. Yeah. During your journey in your professional life and in personal your personal journey as well. Do you feel like you've created expectations for yourself that, that have been built from your parents and their understanding of, of where you should be in life? I, I think so, because, I, I mean, I think that I have a certain level, I feel a certain level of responsibility. You know, I think my parents, generation had a very strong sense of like you should be a doctor or a lawyer or you know something that's secure and and strong but um I didn't have that as much actually my parents have been very like loosey-goosey with me they're like we trust you like you can do what you want like um figure it out and but I I've seen even in my siblings and in myself like us struggling with that like trying to figure out what those expectations are supposed to be or what they could be you know trying to find our place in this like world without examples within our own family of like what paths are possible it has been a little bit of a struggle trying to figure out like what is possible. I'm looking for role models all around me constantly. And sometimes you find those people um, through work experience, which is what I've had. Like I've worked with women that modeled like what it was like to be a strong woman in the workplace. And I've worked with, you know, people of color who model like what, what real diversity and what real inclusion looks like in a workplace. I've worked in workplaces where I'm the only woman. I've worked in workplaces where I'm the only person of color, where I'm the only Oakland native here in the Bay Area. Um, And so it's been, I've seen a lot of different work environments. And I think in my experience, it comes with time and it comes with like trial and error. And it it can very easily reflect on my own self-worth. Like, I can internalize it very easily. If I don't achieve at the level that I, I want for myself or at the expectations of people who are counting on me, then that is a reflection of my own self-worth. And that's something that, you know, for me, it's it's a constant struggle. Even today as, you know, a seasoned person who's working in the workplace, 
uh, for some time now. So I, I think it's uh, it's that has also been its own process is learning how to fail and learning learning how to ask for help is another thing that I, I struggle with. I do think that, I don't know, failure is tricky. Failure is like something that I think that we all need to be comfortable with because it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like failure is how I've learned the most important lessons that I've ever learned. They have all come from failures. And every time I look back on a failure, if it's big enough, it's, it's been the best lesson. But you know, it doesn't take away from the pain of it when it happens. For me, just focusing on the fact that this is a lesson. If I'm at my best self, then I will recognize as I'm going through it, this is going to be a lesson and I'm going to be better because of this. If I'm at my worst self, I'm like, oh no, I am a horrible person. Like (laughs) I fail, (laughs) you know, I'm really, I'm really bad at my job or being a bad friend or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So it's a process. Yeah. Yeah. I heard something really interesting yesterday. Someone told me that the Latin term for leader is to go forth and die. Wow. When we really see, you know, what it means to fail, you have to fail in order for you to really see what it means to be a leader. These are things that are a part of a process. You can't necessarily be a leader if you aren't able to try and understand that failure will come with trying. That's the process. You just have to continue to go forward. That is very powerful. Yeah, one of the things I I do want to, I'm going to talk a little bit about Outdoor Afro specifically. Mm -hmm. One of the things that we have at Outdoor Afro is a leadership program. So we have leaders all across the country that, that we train. But one of the things that I have taken away from my time at this organization is that we have leaders all across the country and we have, you know, almost 90 leaders right now. Every single leader is completely different and they're all doing the same thing, right? They're all outdoor leaders in their communities. They're all leading trips um, safely. They're all, they all represent this new face of conservation that's not seen in mainstream media, but every single person is so different. Every, their, their attributes are different. Their personalities are different. Their values like shift from person to person and it's been very powerful for me to see that leadership is not just one thing and leadership is not just one type of personality because for a very long time I was like I am too quiet and mousy and introverted to be a leader and it's just very not true because I've seen so many different types of leaders and I have managed in my position like I have been a leader to others within my organization whoever you are whatever your personality is there's not just one definition of what a leader is and that's something I'm trying to remember myself yeah what kind of leader do you think you are I'm still trying to figure it out I think (laughs) yeah I feel like you just from our conversations, I feel like listening with the intentions to understand is something that is so fundamental for leadership, for so many leaders out there who want to show up and be the hero. 
so badly, sitting back and really being the observer can be hard. And that listening piece. Yeah, definitely. I also feel like I know, I think I know it's right all the time. So stepping back and letting people find their way and being there as a guide for them, but letting them find their way, I think is a very strong leadership style that works for me when someone steps back and lets me find my way. I learn the lesson so much deeper, but as I have been a leader, I'm finding it difficult to not jump in and fix all the problems myself. So there's just so many different styles as well. So in in your work, you mentioned that, you know, the the work that you do is specifically designed for people of color. What are some highlights that that you've taken away from that experience and and doing work like that? Wow, there's so many highlights. The main highlight, I think for me, has been the fact that our organization is very celebratory of diversity. And it's like this is, Outdoor Afro is a black organization unapologetically, but I have never felt other as a per, like I'm a person of color, but I'm not black, but I have never felt other as being a part of the Outdoor Afro team and the staff. And I think that that is just one example of this beautiful culture that I've seen built around me. And it's very different than my experiences working in tech, for example. Even though I've had beautiful experiences in tech, I've made lifelong friends and I've had like some of the most formative experiences of my life in that industry. When I moved to this organization specifically, I think the culture is very different and you can tell that because Outdoor Afro is a black owned, woman owned organization. I think that Rue is the leader of Outdoor Afro. She has a very good sense of holding space for that culture, that culture of teamwork and diversity and like specificity is a really important thing, part of what we do, but there's always space held for me and for my voice and for the voices of our leaders. And it's been a very uplifting experience because it's, it's different from the experiences that I've had in other places. And it feels like a different, a different way of running a business is possible. And I think that my experience here has been different from every other experience at other organizations. Um, So that alone has been a wonderful thing to be a part of. So you mentioned the, the, the feeling of being an other. For those of us who are going into the workforce, how are we able to identify when we are becoming this other? And what would you say to them in uh, possibly examining that and then possibly leaving or not wanting to be a part of a company culture like that? Yeah, I think it's it's very individual, right? Because there, for, for a long time, I was part of organizations where I felt other, but it wasn't obvious. Like, I, you know, I would kind of talk myself out of it a little bit. I'd be like, no, but, you know, everyone's nice. And, you know, oh, no, but, like, 
no one's saying racist stuff. They're just like stuck in the prison of their own experience, you know, mm. just the, the mm. fact that they're, none of them are from the Bay Area and all of them are white. Maybe that's just their experience and I don't want to project my own stuff. So I, I made a lot of excuses. And I think that maybe like if you are okay with that, if this job is providing you something beyond that, then that's okay. Because sometimes you have to be in those situations. Sometimes you don't have the privilege to be like, peace, I'm going to find something better. Sometimes you have to work in those environments. I, I feel like I understand the reality of that. And I would never judge anyone's decision to stay in an environment like that, if that's what works for you. Because for a long time, it did work for me. I don't think it was until I left that I realized how how much it could have been better. I, I think sometimes yeah. when you're stuck in a situation, you you're you're just in the middle of it. So you can't really see what is possible outside of it. So but I think if you're stuck in a situation and you you do feel other strongly and you know that it's not working for you, just just keep looking. Maybe I'm just one of the lucky people, but I really don't think so. I think that there are so many good organizations out there. There's so many good people who know how to build company culture uh, in a beautiful way. And like, just don't be afraid to speak up either because there, even when I worked in places that unintentionally probably made me feel other, the times that I did speak up, people listened. You know, and sometimes people are stuck in their ignorance and they don't know. And it, it's, it can be very exhausting to have to be the person that has to educate other people. Sometimes it's healing just to say it out loud. It's just to say, like, I, I feel other right now because of these things that were said. And sometimes just give voice to it and also rely on your community outside of work to reflect back to you, like, I, just your feelings are valid, whatever they are, like, whatever you're going through, they're valid. Even if you feel like, oh, it's crazy, everyone's nice, I'm being too sensitive, you're not, your feelings are valid. And if you want to make that change, you can. You know, like I said, I do want to respect that wherever you are on that spectrum of um, sensitivity or, you know, if you want to stay, like, you can, and there's nothing wrong with that. What do you consider healthy company culture? I think for me, it's a culture where everyone feels free to be themselves unapologetically. And also that there's a strong team ethic. I think that's probably the most important thing to me because anytime that I have worked on a team where everyone was stuck in their lane, it didn't really foster that sense of community. Working together, you go a lot further. It's a very tired thing to say, but it's very true. Mm. So I just, I, I have relied so much on my team in times where I just couldn't get through it. And, you know, I have been there for my team when they couldn't. And there's just, in my opinion, there's nothing better. The work that you do together, it just feels so much more meaningful. Do you think that your experience within your family life and understanding culture from that perspective has helped you see what culture and community can mean in your, in your professional life as well? 
I think so. You know how it is in refugee life, like community yeah. is everything. Everybody knows everyone and you stand together. You're a family beyond blood. You know, you're a family just because you're on the same team. And that extends to work. It extends to life. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, I think it, even for me, like, I've always seen or I've approached friendships or relationships kind of like family just because so much of my life, and I'm, I'm sure you share this too, so much of who I am was built off of family and built off of my understanding of connection being so much deeper than just an interaction. Mm -hmm. you're sharing space with someone you're sharing energy with them you're taking time to really understand who this person is and they're also holding space for you at whatever capacity they have absolutely and i also had the experience of leaving a company being laid off from a company and going through such grief because mm -hmm. Because the, your family, who you see every day, like I saw my coworkers every single day. I saw them more often than I saw my mother. Mm. And I went from seeing them every day to not seeing them every day anymore. And because we were coworkers, there's also this weird feeling of like, I might not talk to you again in yeah. the same way that we have. They do become your family. And I do think that that's you know, if you are one of the lucky ones, if you are able to find community at work or like be the one to build that community, it is such a beautiful thing. And it's so important because those people, if you are like me and you work a lot, <laughs> those people are your family and they're the people who you see every day. If you could provide one piece of advice to the younger version of yourself, what would it be? It's okay to be where you're at. It's going to change. Just have fun. Give some advice to, you know, young, budding, first generation, second generation, or um, a diasporic creative or innovator trying to figure out what their next moves are after COVID or, you know, whatever phase they're at right now what would it be? Just try things. Don't be afraid to like, you, you don't have to have it figured out. Just, just keep on trying things and you'll learn what's going to work along the way. Like nobody has it figured out. Just try stuff. Like the stuff that worked for our parents is not going to work for us. The stuff that works for another family is not going to work for you. There's no formula. Nobody has it figured out. Just try things. It's going to be fine. Just have some fun along the way. It, it's all going to work out. I promise. Do you want to help support the Social Butterfly Effect podcast? Schedule a consultation with us to learn how to build your own podcast. Or if you'd like to continue this conversation with your community, schedule a meeting with us to see how we can help. Visit our website at thesocialbutterflyeffect.net. Don't forget to tap in with us on Instagram at thesocialbutterflyeffectpod and use the hashtag SBE, the immigrant experience, to share your favorite quote from the conversation. Hello, this is Brianna Sales. I just would like to thank Umbar for allowing me to be the audio engineer on this project. Thanks for listening to The Social Butterfly Effect. We'll see you soon.